Hi, everyone. Welcome to Off Mute. I'm Obella Brown-West, joined by my co-host, Zach Morrison. Today, we're going to catch up with the newest CMO of Sprinkles Cupcakes, Michelle Wong. Michelle is an award-winning visionary leader in the creative and advertising industries. Prior to joining Sprinkles, Michelle is the president and managing partner for creative ad agency, Daily, and was also the first woman of color to hold that role in the history of the agency. Michelle, welcome to Off Mute. I'm so excited to break your news. Tell me, how, how the hell did you con them into becoming the CMO? You were the interim VP two seconds ago. What happened? <laughs> I just, you know, was just forced everyone to be my friend and fall in love with me. I think that's just how it goes. <laughs> it, it happens. I mean, Michelle and I met at a conference two years ago, three years ago, um, where she was actually winning an award at ColorCon. And yes, I've been obsessed with Michelle ever since. So thank you so much for doing Off Mute. Very excited and congratulations on Sprinkles. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And it's just so great to be able to talk to you again because I know we sparked immediately a couple of years ago. So it's always nice to, um, to talk again. Yes, she was, she was better dressed than I was and I made her take selfies with me is really how it all started after she won her award. I was like, congratulations on your award. I love your dress. Can we please take some pictures together? And that's I have really so many pictures started. of us. <laughs> you're, such a, you're such an influencer, Obella. I try to be. I mean, that's my goal in life. Don't you see my influencer lighting, lighting my face right now? Okay, so Michelle, we have told you nothing. I, like I said, I'm not, I wasn't gonna give anything away about the podcast. So off me, I know you've also listened to episodes, so you probably already know the spiel, but I'm gonna start off and I'm gonna say a word and I would love to hear what your reaction is to that word. Okay. We, can we throw, can we throw Michelle a curveball since she gets to cheat and has have listened beforehand. And before we go to the three words, can we just like throw a curveball just for the fun of it? Okay. I mean, sure. Cause I know you First want to, all, so go ahead. <laughs> I don't think it's cheating. I think it's research and I'm trying to come in prepared, but I'm ready for the curveball. Just let's, okay. let's have it. Let's do the curveball. I know Zach really wants to do it. We'll do the curveball. Okay, so it's a shameless plug. So my, I come from a family of bakers. Uh, and all the, you know, almost all the women in my family are bakers. My sister-in-law is a, a classically trained professional baker. And my mother and sister have a little Instagram bakery down in Florida. They don't do cupcakes, so it's non-competitive. Non, non <laughs> all right, so, here, so here's my, my question. Let's see, do you want to start with the controversial one first or the easy one first? You're getting two questions. One right, controversial. Oh wait, we're doing we're doing two curveballs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. It's a I am the co-host. Right? Uh, I'm the co-host. So, which do you want first, curveball or not curveball? Let's go with curveball. Before working at Sprinkles, what was your favorite dessert? Ooh, that's a good so curveball. So I, it's a good curveball, and I love French pastries. And I love um, really complex, beautiful works of art that you see in a Parisian bakery case or in wonderful restaurants all over the world. So, but my absolute favorite is um, 
milfoy, which is just layers of um, puff pastry and creme patisserie between, and it's just crispy and creamy and light and decadent and vanilla-y, and it's just, oh, I see it, and it's just my favorite thing. And someone does it in LA really, really well, and I will go there um, just to have this dessert because it's delicious. But I also really love cake. That's also like my everyday favorite dessert. I'm definitely a sweets person. So <laughs> this whole cupcake thing is, is really working out for me. If it, it fits in well. Yes. Now the not curveball is what's your favorite sprinkles cupcake? Like just be very, uh, <laughs> allow you to yeah, just ease into it. I love the chocolate marshmallow cupcake because I love a chocolate cake and it has this yummy gooey marshmallow center and it's like an elevated ding dong which is just like a dream so that's my favorite sprinkles cupcake I was gonna say I feel like that cupcake reminds me of a ho-ho but ding dong is probably closer to it actually maybe I'm getting my ding dongs and ho -hos I was gonna say up. I was like is it a ding dong or is it a ho-ho <laughs> I mean, they all kind of taste the same, kind of, but yes, True. I agree. My favorite one is the tequila one, but I mean, it's on brand for me, so there's that. Okay, all right, now we're going to go to the regularly scheduled program. Thank you, Zach, for the curveballs. I need to actually check out the first. I'm going to hit you up, Michelle, because I don't know that dessert that you were talking about, but it sounds delicious, so I'm going to hit you up for that. But now, Zach and I are going to say three words, okay. and we want your reaction to each of the words. Okay, so I'll start off with the first word. Iconic. Beyonce. I mean- I, I didn't know that's where that, we were going, but that's literally the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, you know what, like what else, are, what else are you supposed to think of when you think of icons? I mean, you're on the right track. So why, so why Beyonce? You know, I really respect her and I love her work and she's an artist. And I think as someone that uses her art to not only drive commercial success, but also to, to help change the world and to help people and to you know lay out someone's, your own vision um, exactly the way you want it is so admirable because it's really hard to do. And I obviously, she's Beyonce, she can do whatever she wants, but I don't think the, the world is set up that way, even for her. And I think you know she's able to forge that vision and that path and it's 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 really empowering for I think women to see because it's like everything that you want to be able to do and become and she's 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 showing you how to do it she Beyonce has developed like <laughs> Beyonce is like a brand right she's like it's just like is a brand it's like you know so I think that's that that's my word it's just brand brand when I think about brand I think about uh, a heart and a soul and I, and I go there because I've always loved what brands can do and what brands can mean to people. And I think that um, so many brands have the ability to harness that power and actually do something with it and have done it. And it's, it's incredible. You know, I, I, I saw, I was at a conference a while ago and they were talking about sort of the emergence, this was several years ago, but sort of the emergence of social and cultural responsibility and what is a brand's role. And oftentimes, similar to what I guess celebrities also hear, Beyonce hears sort of stay out of it, don't say these things, this isn't your place. But um, the way it was articulated just really hit me. And I still think about it today. It's just that 
brands do have a role. We have a responsibility. They have a responsibility because they're out in the world and, and they're a part of your life. And, and if you don't have a purpose and a point of view, um, it's actually a discredit to what the brand can actually offer to its consumers. So um, before I get into my next question, I, I want to ask a follow-up. So past life at Daily, what were some of the brands that you worked with that you felt were missing the mark as far as the brand purpose, as far as um, really the authenticity piece of what you were just describing? Well, I think it's, I don't know if it was missing the mark, but I think it's a lot harder for certain brands. So I worked on um, everything from, you know, massive uh, confectionery brands. And when you think about, you know, a, a Nestle Crunch Bar or Raisinets, you're kind of like, what is what is our purpose here? And how, what am I really giving to the world? It's a lot sort of harder to find that place sometimes. Um, and then, you know, I worked on brands. I worked for, um, we had an energy company actually based in Texas, in Houston, Texas. And you sort of think like energy company, you know, you're selling electricity, wind power, you know, what's, what's the meaning here? And it was so deep. And then they really wanted to stand for something and really give their consumers a reason to believe in them and, and, and show all the positive work they were doing. And so it really ran the gamut. Um, but it, you know, it's certainly easier for some brands than others. At least that's what I've seen. <laughs> I mean, did that Texas energy company want to stand for actually giving people heat and water during the snowstorms that happened? Well, this ago? was a that this was a nice, very but... long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last word. Actually, it's two words. Zach cheated with his, so I'm gonna cheat and use two words instead of one glass ceiling over it I'm over the glass ceiling um oh, and shit. I, <laughs> Michelle, <what>? well <laughs> oh, it's there goodness. and I'm just like it's just it, it feels like the limitation and we're right there and we just can't get through and I and I'm just tired I'm tired of that being a limitation whether it's perceived or re, or it's real or um it's it's put on on women and women of color I'm like done like we're busting through the glass ceiling. I don't care, get out of my way. And um, it's, you know, even just talking about it in certain contexts, it just feels like you're already putting a limit on, on things rather than saying like, just go for it. And so that's what I mean by I'm over it. It's just like, I'm done, I'm done with the glass ceiling. So do you think that the glass ceiling is still, so you think it's still there, but we should just stop talking about it? and just keep progressing. Yeah, I think it's absolutely still there. I don't think any of us need to be reminded of it. I don't think it needs to be something that's um, <laughs> held over us at all. I think it's, um, I think it's, it's just about uh, just making it happen and just, you know, again, finding your vision and pushing through and getting, getting past it. I not exactly qualified to speak on the topic, but I will say it is a, uh, a privilege to be sitting here with both of you who uh, are incredible, incredible leaders in their own right. So moving on to the bold predictions section. Oh, wait, can I say, ah, oh, thanks, Zach. <laughs> Michelle can, you know. No, I appreciate that. That's very, very generous of you. And I like that we're kind of just breaking all the rules today. We've got 
curveballs, double word questions, like let's just do it. I know we're, this is, it's, it's been a minute since Zach and I have, I've actually recorded together. So we're just going to break, we're going to burn this house down. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bold predictions. So I want two, I want one for marketing and digital in the ecosystem that we're in. And then I want another one for the, also the, the world that you're in of the sweets and bakery world. Like what's the future of both of those looks like, but not, I remember it's bold prediction. So I don't want like, Oh, in the future, look, it's like, what do you actually think is going to change in both of those for the good or bad? Okay. So bold prediction. Let me start with sweets and cakes. Is that, is that where we're at? Let me start there. It's, it's a really interesting time, I think, for this category because it's sort of seen as indulgent. It's seen as a, a real treat. But I think what all of us have experienced last year was that um, now is the time to enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. And it was, you know, I came to this realization of like, why am I saving these shoes for that special occasion that I, I've only worn them twice in my, you know, the five years that I've had them. And for me, it's all about, um, it re- the last year has really sort of made me come back to living in the moment and living in the day and using everything in, in my power in my space to celebrate that, to, to do more, to act more. And um, I think that this category plays a role in that. Um, you know, it's not about sort of limiting yourself to, um, you know, this self-portioned treat that you think that you deserve and act, because I think there's an attitude of, actually, I deserve whatever I want when I want it. And um, I think that's really important. You know, there's, it's even for me tied to, um, you know, diet culture and sort of what's considered permissible and just like all of that language that we used to use around, and again, in my background, I have so much um, history working with confectionery brands. And it was always like this me time, this moment, this treat, this one-off thing. And really that's not what life's about. Life is about, especially now, enjoying every minute that we have. And if that means that I want a cupcake or two or, or whatever it is that I want to do, I want to wear my fancy shoes at the grocery store. I'm going to do it now. And I think that there feels like there's a cultural movement to make that happen. I look very fancy when I go grocery shopping now, by the way. By the way, that question was supposed to be like, to like, to let you give like a plug, but it was a really good answer. Like really good. Like, I mean, it's just like, it is. It's re- it was really good. And I, you know, I don't think I hand out compliments. That was really good. I mean, look, I talk all the time about ba- there's a misconception around balance that balance means equal, right? Yeah. So if I want to, you know, balance something, I have to, you know, balance my diet and breaking it. It's like, no, you can balance it. But like the ultimate thing, what I hear from you is happiness, right? Yeah. Figure out a way to be happy, but happy doesn't mean necessarily that you can indulge all the time, whether that indulgence is a sweet that indulgence is work, that indulgence is your personal life. Indulgence is, is something that you should balance with all of the things that you need to live a healthy and happy lifestyle, whether we're talking about what we eat, what we enjoy, who we spend our time with. That was the message I got from you was well beyond it. So man, that was good. Totally. No, no, totally. And I'm right there with you because there's, 
that you can you can't have too much of a good thing right like that's been said and it's true like i started with sprinkles i've had my share of cupcakes i probably need to slow down now that i've settled in for a few months um but it is it's about finding that joy and what what makes you happy and um maybe some days it is having a few cupcakes but you're not going to do that every day your joy comes from so many different places and i think we're you know i don't know if if we've been conditioned to sort of limit that because we either think we don't deserve it or there's other things that we have to go out and do. But um, the attitude of embracing that for yourself and taking advantage of all the things in your life that bring you joy um, is, is going to continue to grow and develop, I think. That's my bold prediction around sweets. Full disclosure, I just wore like six inch stiletto heels to my son's kindergarten graduation just because. <laughs> I just felt like doing it. I'm eight and a half months pregnant. I didn't care. I looked ridiculous and I still wore them. I looked great. I loved it. So my bold prediction for marketing and the digital ecosystem is that truth and transparency and visibility is going to continue to be king uh, or queen. Um, I think that it's, we're seeing it more and more in terms of how we cast talent. We're seeing it more and more in the types of influencers that we use. You see brands that are embracing, you know, uh, whole swaths of body types and and um, and gender and all of that is just going to continue. It's sort of like you know we can't go back. And I think what that's going to do is it's going to create more opportunity for people who haven't had a platform or visibility or the opportunity to take advantage of those relationships with brands or creatively. And um, we're just gonna see some amazing stuff because I think that for decades, for generations, we've had you know creative that's really been dominated by a particular voice. As, our, as marketing and the digital landscape continues to change and the ability to, to create and put out whatever you want in the world continues to grow, I think we're just gonna see such a seismic shift in the type of creativity that's out there and the type of stories that are being told. And uh, I just cannot wait because every time I see something new and cool and exciting, it's from a person that I have not heard of before that probably didn't have a platform to do that before. And again, it's all about raising um, visibility for people who who have been ignored for a very, very long time in the creative business. Okay, next question for you. I'm curious, what are you going to be working on in two years, 2023? Like you are at the daily, very long time. You're now entering the world of cupcakes. What do you think you'll be working on in two years? Um, I hope I'm still selling cupcakes. I think that, um, uh, or staying in, in sweets, you know, I, my personal journey has been that of, you know, going to culinary school and doing a stint as a pastry chef to working in advertising. And now I'm sort of able to kind of marry all of those things that I really love um, and have been doing for most of my life. Um, I love the idea of um, creating new uh, products of being really innovative and creative in terms of what um, brands develop, 
the stories that we tell, how we tell them. And I, I just find that to be, to be so exciting. I, you know, my transition to the brand side has, has been interesting and I, and I do really enjoy it. There are certain things I certainly miss about the agency world. Um, but it's a totally different ball game over here. And I'm, so I want to sit in this space for, for a little while. So actually let's unpack that a little bit. So culinary school to agency life to brand, how did you determine that it was time for you to potentially like pivot to the brand side from the agency side? It was always something that I was curious about. I think most agency people are like, what's it like on the other side of, of the fence? And, and for me, I think it was because I knew that we did such a small or handled such a small piece of our client's business, even from a creative standpoint, you know, you've, you're, you have five other agency partners that you're working with and, and your piece of that story is pretty narrow. And the idea of being on the client side where it's like, actually you're crafting every, every part of the story that's being told was so um, exciting and intriguing for me. I mean, I, I will say that leaving daily was one of the hardest things I had ever done. I mean, it was like, I mourned for two months. It was such a huge part of my life. I was in the agency world for almost 20 years and it was very scary, but I, I had something in me that felt like I needed to step out and try something new. Um, I was ready. I was um, really nervous, but this, this I've been working under, under this theme of like, bet on yourself, bet on yourself because that's where you got to invest and that's where you're going to see um, change. And for me, I, that was a, a big leap that I took at the start of 2020. So you can imagine that that was kind of, <laughs> kind of felt like a bad time to do it um, uh, in the moment. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's working out. Zach, one of Zach's favorite mottos is bet on yourself also. He loves to say it, even out of context. Like sometimes I'm like, that doesn't make sense here, but that's cool. We'll just, we'll just keep with that. So Michelle, let's actually continue on that track of culinary school agency now at a brand. What is professionally the best and the worst thing that you've ever worked on? Across all three or in total? In total. So it can be an experience that you had in culinary school. It can be from daily, like best and also your worst. Okay. So I'll start with worst because it's always funnier to me. Um, the worst thing that I had to do actually was when I started working as a pastry chef. I, work, I worked at a um, very large hotel in London and it's very much like, similar to, the, to agency life, very hierarchical. You have to, it's very much about working your way up the ladder. And I was at the bottom of the bottom. And my job, my first job was to scoop liver mousse out of what was essentially the size of an oil barrel, scoop liver mousse into pastry shells and do it like a thousand times. And because it's a massive hotel, they're doing catering events, there are little canapes you have that have hitting out in parties. And it was a really long day of sitting with 
liver pate. <laughs> so I was really looking forward to the day that I could graduate up from that. And I did, and I got to do other things, but for me, that was like, okay, this is like not the greatest. This is didn't fulfill my sort of fantasy of what it was going to be like being a, a pastry chef. So, um, but I'm all about earning your stripes, and I got through it and, and sort of moved on from there. But um, so that was, was that probably day, my worst. Was that day one, or did they bait and switch you? And that was like year, like your first year anniversary. They had you. <laughs> putting pate together no that was I mean I wasn't even lucky enough to be the one that made the pate I was the pate scooper of into the uh, into the pastry shell so uh no that was oh, day dear. one so that was day yeah. one okay yeah. yeah yeah yeah. it was day one and then when they saw that they, <laughs> they could give me more responsibilities um I was able to graduate into other other tasks from there okay um, so that is that is the worst <laughs> that is the worst you probably don't eat pate anymore because of that. So got that. What is the best thing that you've worked on or been a part of? So because we're breaking rules, I have two, if that's okay. Oh, now Michelle's breaking <laughs> rules. Okay. So really quick. So my first best thing and that I um, that I've worked on actually was when I um, had the Getty Museum as a client. It, as, a, as an art nerd, as a museum junkie, this was sort of the dream client. And I got to sort of work with curators and you know, be a part of them you know, setting up exhibitions and how do we craft the story again? How do we craft the story of something that a curator has been working on for a decade that's only gonna be on for a few months? And how do you kind of get a wider audience interested in it and to care about it as passionately as the museum does? But on top of that, their greater purpose was to bring art to everyone. And that's all they wanted to do. They just wanted everyone to go to the Getty, everyone to see the art. It was about bringing in kids from all over the state to, to be in this beautiful space and to, and to be inspired by everything around them, whether it was the gardens or the actual exhibitions themselves or the architecture. There was so much that every time I went there, I just felt I just felt like I was breathing new life into myself. It was so wonderful being a part of that. So that was one. And then the second best thing ever was being able to, um, and I actually talked about this at ColorCon, but working in advertising, I never realized how much I would get to travel with this job. And when I was younger, I never imagined that that would be a possibility for me. I thought the only way that you could travel is if you, one, you could afford it, or two, you worked as a flight attendant. And I was like, maybe that's what I'll be when I grow up. And when I started, you know, getting to go to even just like my first business trip was to New York City. I was like, so excited. It was like the best thing ever. But, you know, I've shot in, she had productions in Prague and in Uruguay and, and, and Mexico City and all these places that I probably wouldn't have been able to go on my own, that my job was letting me go there. And I got to, you know, build this creative campaign and, and, and see the world. I just felt like the luckiest person in the world. And I'm so grateful to what my advertising career has afforded me in terms of the experiences and the people that I met. So those are my two. You make advertising sound so glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I didn't really want to get into all that not so good. I was gonna, I was gonna say, tell, tell the truth. Tell the truth about the Uruguay trip. Like you were probably staying in like a tent somewhere, like it was raining. <laughs> like, tell, tell the truth. 
Well, I will say that, you know, the hours in advertising are no joke. So yeah, no, I spent many nights working till two or 3 a.m. in the agency when I was living in Chicago and there being a snowstorm. I remember one night I walked home because there were no cabs. There was a snowstorm, it was two in the morning, three in the morning. And it was just, just me, this dead quiet, fresh fallen snow it was absolutely beautiful and it wasn't even scary because I was like there's not a person out here but I walked all the way home trudging through snow and I was like what is my life but I kind of think this is cool but really I'm just tired and I want to go to bed so um yeah it's uh, there's there's definitely been ups and downs in the ad business yeah I had a I had a creative director call me at four o'clock in the morning because he was hungry and couldn't figure out how to order food I was <laughs> like uh lose this number don't ever call here again yeah 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 I didn't grow up on that side of advertising but it's uh you know I guess long hours in the performance marketing world is you know similar to some of a of a different breed but I think it's a so it's an interesting topic about like maybe we don't have time to go into all of this but about I don't know I've never worked anywhere at any time in my life now granted almost all here like it didn't work a lot of hours. And, you know, I think it's, you know, a lot of wealthy people on Instagram like to talk about find your passion and then go do that. It's like, yeah, you're wealthy, dude. Of course you can say that. Right. But I think it's about like, I forgot who it was who said something like this. So I'm stealing this in some respects, but it's about finding something that you're good at, right. That you enjoy working on. It doesn't have to be your passion in life. And the key to success is then going to work your butt off on that maybe that is the betting on yourself i was gonna say zach is that in other words do you bet on yourself but that's what what i said (laughs) but you got to find something that you're willing to work at and the crappy thing about last year is that all the fun stuff you know agency life meets pandemic life right all the fun stuff in our personal lives and the fun stuff in our work lives were taken away so i'm looking forward to next year so i think the resiliency that people uh you know, brought and now they're going to have, they've built up this resiliency and now they're going to get to have fun all along the, you know, during the same time. So I think really cool stuff is going to come out. I think the most innovative things have happened after global crises because it, it, the resilient people kind of are, you know, really hunker down and then they get creative. So on that note, normally I do this question around starting a company, but I like the idea of, switching it up a little bit. So if you are starting at a company instead of starting a company, which may or not may or may not be relevant to you, you get your, you know, anybody who's new in a job, especially a C-level job, their job is to change stuff. No C-level is brought in to just continuing manage the status quo. So we're going to play it like Lonely Island. Starting at a company as a C-level, you get to bring one person, one tool or technology, and one partner company. But those are the only three things you get in your first year. One person, one tool, one partner to be successful in your first year. That's all you get. What are they? That's a really good one and a really hard one. Um, present company is excluded. (laughs) I 
so of the three, so I would bring as a tool or technology, some sort of like um, driverless or uh, drone situation, some sort of way that I can get cupcakes to people in a new, faster, more kind of, you know, techie, interesting way. I think it's a, it's a space that is, um, is growing and changing things pretty rapidly. And I love, I mean, we live in such an on-demand society. And I think, you know, if I can, if I can snap my fingers and get my cravings met and addressed, I, that's something that I would want to be a part of. So that would be my tool technology for person. Oh, it's so hard. I mean, part of me is really just like, I just want wonderful creative people around me all the time. And a lot, I always go to, um, I, I often go to film and television. So I love writers. I love creative people. So I would bring, you know, anyone from like, I would want Mindy Kaling on my team. I would want um, Lena Waite on my team. I would want all these sort of wonderful minds that are just um, telling narratives in a new refreshing way about, and actually that are, you know, they're talking to our target, to the Sprinkles target, you know, young, young women. Um, this is such a space that I think um, can be really tapped into in an authentic way. And I would love to sort of have that kind of sizzle and humor and insight uh, creatively from, from someone like that. So I, I encourage breaking the rules throughout the show, except for when I say one person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I'll choose. I choose Mindy. She's like my number one. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the rest of the C-suite will feel about this, but I feel like, you know, we would work really well together. <laughs> um, and then company, company is really interesting. Um, you know, I, we've been talking a lot of sort of about how to bring sprinkles to other audiences or sort of what are our affinities and what sort of makes sense for a brand like this. I mean, this brand has really incredible equity um has really uh has really has a soft spot in people's hearts and i think that finding the right partner um would be great and i i'm really intrigued by the uh travel and tourism space and sort of whether that is a hotel partner an airline partner or a company that can sort of again help us get to more people and get cupcakes and, and bringing that joy to more people. So talking about it from a delivery standpoint, whether it's using technology or um, a physical partner that can sort of help us reach more people in unexpected places, you know, I that's something that I would love because for me, I'm always happy when I'm when I presented with a cupcake or when I grab one myself. And it feels like if you can sort of impart that joy in, in places that are, um, you know, maybe, you know, unexpected or just you're like, actually, this is the perfect time for a cupcake while I'm lounging by the pool or whatever. Um, I, 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 that, that excites me. I will say one of my favorite days over the past, when was this? I think it was like two months ago was my doorbell rang. I had just moved into my new house 
And it was Michelle sending me a box of cupcakes and sprinkles. That made me very happy because I crushed that box. (laughs) And it was, it was a highlight of a highlight of the past couple of months. So I agree. Great. Well, we appreciate that. That was fun. We always like to end with, uh, we spend the first who knows how much time peppering you with questions and you know, asking you to come, uh, you know, you to come off mute. So now, now it's kind of your turn. How do you, you know, you get to end it. What do you want to come off mute and talk about? You give us the topic. It doesn't have to be a question. It could just be a topic or you could just go on a rant kind of like I'm doing right now. Um, but go for it. Come off mute. Your turn. Whoa. Okay. Well, I really liked where we were going with, um, you know, just embracing the, the now, the here and now, and, and, and finding your, your joy and actually allowing yourself to be happy and doing those things. I think, you know, as a brand, Sprinkles absolutely fits in that space. But I think, you know, when we talk about purpose and we talk about, you know, what else can this brand stand for? We've done a lot of work around um, supporting women and we've done a lot of work around supporting various um, social causes. And, you know, it's really opened my eyes to how powerful and impactful that can be. And again, these are really small examples, but, you know, we have a a platform um, where we, you know, we showcase women that we, you know, think are really powerful and, and open and just like really making things happen. And, and we, it's our She is Fierce platform. And so we started highlighting, um, you know, women for in different months and in different for different reasons. And what's been great is sort of hearing the feedback from our followers and our community and, and our and our consumers and guests that it's really hits a chord with them that um, we have a shared value with some of these these women, and I think that that means a lot. Um, we've taken it a step further in terms of again, how do we support our communities? How do we support um, uh, everyone overall? And so we actually started this last year, um, and uh, this year what we did was um, uh, for APAM for Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, we highlighted. Um, Asian owned bakeries in all of the cities in which Sprinkles has bakeries. And what we did was we highlighted those bakeries on social with swipe ups and saying, go visit these guys. Um, They make great cakes, they make great, you know, shakes, whatever it is. And it came from a place of, of we all rise when we lift each other up. And I think that to, to work from a place of abundance, to work from a place of openness and giving really, um, it translates. And what was fascinating to see was the kind of responses we got. We weren't sure like, you know, what this was gonna, how this was gonna land, if anyone cared or if the company or the businesses we supported even saw it. Because we tried to seek sort of, you know, smaller, smaller bakeries. And um, the response was quite overwhelming. And and it really reinforced again, what it means for a brand to actually act and how important it is to um, make choices like that and the impact that it has um, you know, on, on your guests and, and the communities. And, and oftentimes we talk about like, what does this mean? You know, does this, is this gonna ever equate to selling something? And 
it doesn't directly and it doesn't matter because those are values that you believe and you stand for and that you hold as a company and uh it makes the people that work for you feel better it makes the people that you're talking to feel really really good about you and the fact that this is a brand that um embodies that and cares about it is is you know one of the main reasons why i want to be a part of it it's it's a, it's a great privilege to uh, act as a brand that's mindful and purposeful and has a reason for being outside of amazing, delicious cupcakes. So the new thing I'm gonna start saying a lot is this concept of that you just mentioned about abundance versus a lack mentality. It's like my wife actually you know, taught me and you know, something that uh, I, yeah, I guess the, nobody can see it, but as soon as you started talking about it, it's, you know, a big smile on my face because I, I just think it's an incredible mentality, right? There's enough in this world, right? For all the good people, not everybody. There's enough in this world for all the good people, right? So it's not about, you know, competing with somebody else, right? It's about bringing us all, all the good people along for the ride. So love that. Love that. So, uh, to the Tanushans, look out for, uh, me saying over and over again about abundance over lack. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I mean, it's also, you know, on an individual level, I like to operate like that when, you know, if you're mentoring or you're working with a team, it's just like, you have to work from a place of abundance. You have to give your, your partners information they need. You have to give the people that work for you the support they need to do their jobs. And, you know, the idea of competition or, um, or scarcity is just like you're not going to get anywhere. But if people have what they need, you're they're going to do amazing things and and do great work for you. So um, it is a it is a, a mentality that I also embrace and I try to apply to most everything because it, you get a really great outcome from it. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for joining us on Off Mute, and thanks everyone for listening. We will be back in two weeks for more insights and unfiltered conversations. Michelle, congratulations. I want a box of cupcakes sent to my house tomorrow. Thank you. Consider it done. <laughs> Consider it done. Thank you for having me.